I'm Mia McCarthy, a 2022 Mariah's Challenge scholarship winner, and here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me. It means staying true to myself and not giving in to peer pressure. It means saying no to drinking in high school and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means setting a positive example for the generations that follow. It means growing old and helping others do the same. I'm Mia McCarthy, and I accept Mariah's Challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are butte tough. Hey everybody, before we get started, I just want to let you know that the Butte 13-14 Junior League All-Star Baseball team captured the Montana State Championship Sunday with a dramatic extra inning win over Laurel at Three Legends Stadium. The victory sends the boys of Butte to the Western Regional Junior Tournament, which runs August 2nd through 10th in Bend, Oregon. You can be part of the team. Help support the boys on their quest to qualify for the World Series. Donations can be made on Venmo at Mile High Little League. Team members are Bryson Hibbert, Calvin Cunningham, Camden Ingraham, David Horner, Hugh O'Brien, Cody Kirsten, Miles Choquette, Noah Powers, Sawyer Casey, Tegan Duffy, Trey Hollow, and Tucker Kissel. Coaches are Mike Duffy, Chad Powers, and Joe O'Brien. In Oregon, the Butte boys will compete against champions from Alaska, Arizona, Hawaii, Idaho, Nevada, Northern California, Southern California, Oregon, Utah, and the host team. Butte will open with Alaska on August 2nd. The winning team will represent the Western Region in the Junior League Baseball World Series August 13th through 20th in Taylor, Michigan. For more information on how to donate, go to ButteCast.com. Today's podcast is presented by Lone Peak Physical Therapy. Before we get to our fun conversation, let me tell you a little bit about why I will always owe a debt of gratitude to Lone Peak. My son played baseball for Butte High this year. He is currently playing American Legion Baseball. If you would have seen him try to run two years ago, you would not think that was possible. Grady could hardly move. The muscles in his legs were shutting down because of the steroids he was loaded up with during a couple of life flights to Missoula during severe asthma attacks. Two years ago, I thought Grady might be in a wheelchair by now. That is where Beth Saluso and Lone Peak came in. When specialists around the West could not come up with an answer, Beth just kept pushing. Eventually, Grady was sent to Seattle Children's Hospital and got really good news. With some time and physical therapy, he could begin to return to normal. Then, Beth and colleague Jake Corchagrosso taught Grady how to run again. They were patient, and they were persistent. Grady isn't the fastest kid on the team. He's not even close. But if he continues to improve like he has, he might be a base-dealing threat before his playing days are done. Whenever I see Grady play, though, I think about how much I owe Beth, Jake, and Lone Peak. They gave Grady his childhood back. If you aren't living your best life, call Lone Peak today, and they will get you back on the right track. I am really proud to say Lone Peak is a sponsor of the Buttecast. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Butte Cast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte, America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Now, here's my dad. For decades, Glenn Welsh has been running up and down the football fields and basketball courts of Montana and beyond, officiating high school and college action. If you don't know his name, well, you likely know who he is. He's the official who was never afraid to fire back at a fan yelling at the referees. Welsh also umpires softball and baseball. 
He was on the field this May as Butte hosted the first ever high school state baseball tournament at Three Legends Stadium. Before he put on the stripes and blue shirt, though, Welsh was an outstanding athlete at Butte High and the University of Montana. The speedy All-State receiver helped the Bulldogs win back-to-back state titles in 1967 and 1968. He was then part of a back-to-back conference championship team for the Montana Grizzlies. In 1969, Welsh became the first second-generation player in the history of the Montana East-West Shrine Game in Great Falls. His father, Glenn, played in the very first Shrine Game in 1947. Years later, the younger Welsh got to officiate the Shrine Game with his father. Both Welshes are members of the Butte Sports Hall of Fame. His father went in with a third class in 1991. Six years later, Glenn joined him. Yesterday, I braved the road construction to drive to Missoula to meet with Glenn at the Missoula Country Club for this really, really fun conversation. Listen into the podcast as Glenn Welsh discusses his athletic career and following in the footsteps as his father as an official. Listen as he talks about why his name is spelled with one N instead of two like his dad. Listen as he talks about working with some of the legendary officials of Butte and around the state. Listen to hear that, like his dad, Glenn Welsh still very much identifies as a Butte guy, even though he has lived in Missoula for so long. I appreciate the suggestion for guests, and I am hoping to have one of those highly suggested guests on the podcast this week. I am working really hard to land a few of those, actually, but some of them are a little apprehensive about talking about themselves. That's understandable, but I won't give up on them. As always, thank you for supporting our sponsors. They are the ones bringing us these fun conversations like the one today. Tell them you heard them on the Buttecast. Now, sit back in your cubicle or keep your eyes on the road as we catch up with a genuine Butte guy, Glenn Welsh. Do you play a lot of golf here? I used to play. I'm struggling this year. I got a little knee issue that I'm trying to oh, yeah. overcome. But you know that injured reserve stuff and getting getting old. <laughs> getting old is uh, not for whims, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I feel exactly. I feel a different ache and a pain every day. I yeah. think as I as I go. Now, uh, I was looking up. Uh, I, I always heard you were really fast. You know, people talk about how fast Glenn Walsh was. But until I, I read a story last night by Hudson Wilson wrote when you were going in the Shrine game, and you ran a sub 10 second 100 yard dash. Yes. And that's fast. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. How'd you do in track meet that year? In track, uh, track season? We did well. Um, yeah. We had a really nice track team. Um, I, uh, I ended up getting second in the state. I had a terrible start in the yeah. 100. But I get second, second to Keith Kerbel, and Keith was really good too. But yeah. I had gotten in before. but. And I won a 200, um, but and then we had a bunch of really good kids that yeah. uh, we, we had a good track team. As a matter of yeah. fact, that was one of those things that if you wanted to play football at Butte High, you were out for track. Yeah, well, same coach, right? Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Or, or not Swede. Uh, well, Co- Coach Cambridge was with coach, us then. Yeah, we had Cambridge, and you had uh, you had Coach Lubick too, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, so yeah, that was was Swede was around then. Though. Did he coach track? I missed you know? Swede by a year. Oh really? You didn't, yeah. didn't play for him at all. I missed, I missed me for a year, you know, and he just uh, was my dad's idol. My dad wanted yeah. to do anything he could to get me to be able to compete for Swede, but we just missed each other. Yeah, yeah, because your dad played yeah. for Swede, obviously. Yep. Was he a part of a championship team with Swede? I, I think so. I think they, they won a state championship in yeah. track. In football, I'm not sure. Yeah, because he was fast too. Yeah, Although they, I had pointed out that he didn't run quite as fast as you did in the hundred, though. But he could run them over over hurdles. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he? he still holds a state record in the 
200 meter lows, which of course they don't run anymore. But yeah, he used to always tell me that he still holds it. So yeah, you know, he was uh, he was taller than you, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, because seems like he yeah. was a tall, skinny guy. Yeah, slender guy. Yeah. Yeah, I got to know him pretty well uh, when I was working at the golf course at the Muni. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, I was a course marshal and. Every morning I'd pull up to work, and their, you know, Cambich and his group was coming down nine, because they were out there at crack of dawn. But it was like, what is such a great group? Like Jim Wooden, Bill Cambich, uh, Emmett Fogarty, your yeah. dad, you know, and they they play they play golf, and then they they'd argue over uh, over nickels playing oh. uh, cribbage. Unbelievable, <laughs> over nickels is just right. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll go have a cup of coffee. Uh, yeah, so you can argue with a who goes with a nickel. <laughs> yeah, and they, and Cambridge was, of course, he was so funny. Oh, you know, and Wooden Wooden was notoriously cheap. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to. I was really fortunate. Early, early on, I got to travel with those guys a little bit when they refereed. You know. Yeah. And you know, you got you had Wendy and my dad and and uh, Nick McGrath and Salo and Peoples and all those yeah. those guys. You know, so that was. You know, you go to Western and in, in a car with that punch, you know. You, yeah. If I'd have saved all the nickels that they gave me <laughs> at the Melrose Bar to keep me busy at the pinball machine, I'd have retired way before now. <laughs> yeah, that what a crew that would have to be, you know. Oh. And they're, so and they're all great guys, and they're tough guys, you know. Yeah. They're big guys, you know. Yeah. Yeah, some of the officials of that era, you know, and you throw in, like, guys like Froggy Hall from, from Froggy, Dylan, yeah. you know. They're just, it must Gitch, have been. Gitch Combo. Yeah, Gitch. Oki O'Connor. Yeah. yeah, you just—I I don't think it stopped laughing. Oh, just being around those guys yeah. for five minutes. Yeah, it's, they were, that was quite a group. Yeah, and they were good officials. Yeah, and your, your dad officiated a long time too, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. Now he—he's Glenn with two ends, and you're with one end, right? Is that? That was one of my moments where I was going to be a teenage. You know, oh, is that you? Yeah. That was you who did that. Yeah, huh? I did that. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, okay. I'm legally I'm a two end guy too. Oh, are you? Yeah. Because my uh, my grandma had you know her my my grandpa was Grandpa Jerry and he was Gerald though and and uh, or Gerald I guess they mm -hmm. pronounced it so they named the son Jerry because they wanted to name him after their grandpa they didn't want to, didn't want a junior <laughs> you know he didn't want to have the junior I thought that maybe that was a, a way no nope, I was I'm junior. a junior and I just had that little bit of teenage you know hey I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna show you guys I'm gonna I'm gonna be my own guy you know yeah and uh, so and now. It's starting to haunt me because lots of signatures are with one end, and then you start talking about Social Security, you're talking about retirement stuff, you're yeah. talking about what's legal, what's not. And so, I, yeah, jumped up and That's bit me. That's funny. I didn't realize yeah. that. That's jumped all. up and bit me. Yeah. yeah. What, what was your dad like uh, as, as a dad? What was Because he seemed like he was just really easygoing, you know, kind of calm. He was as, he was as good as a, as he could get, I think. Yeah. You know, I think that you hit right on the head. He had that kind of demeanor, um, but when, when enough was enough, enough was enough. It was yeah. you know there was that there was that line you crossed that line you, you could see a whole another side of him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was he was as good as it gets. Uh, he spent a ton of time with me, uh, doing a lot of stuff that gave me a whole bunch of stuff that I could, you know. Growing up, catching footballs, catching baseball. He was a huge baseball fan. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, he, he'd throw to me at night, uh, and uh, yeah, he was he was as good as a get. The only thing that me and him ever, ever had any, any, he wanted me to run the hurdles in the worst way. Oh yeah. And I just hated him. Yeah. I just hated him. But I ran the lows till I finished, and and uh, then when I was finished, I was finished. Yeah. It was. That seems like the toughest. 
oh. race it could be. I think the 300 hurdles would have to be. Well, that 300 hurdle was terrible. It was 180 then. Yeah. You know, and you had to be a five stepper. But I had enough speed. I could, I could, I, I could, I could uh, seven between them and catch guy catch yeah. up with guys. But you know, in order to be a good one, Joe Epler, one of those kind of guys that, you know, you had a, you had a five, you had a five and be there, and or you're in trouble. Yeah, that just seems like such a tough race. It was a tough race. Yeah. Of course, any any race have over. Well, any race is tough. You over know, barriers. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got to run and jump over barriers. Yeah, it may be difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough enough just to, to run that far. <laughs> exactly. To have to clear those hurdles like that. So were you, were you a good baseball player? Then? Did you I was play a decent lot? baseball player. Um, you know, we had – I don't want to throw stones at anybody, but um, we had a group that I was with that I thought could have went a long ways. Yeah. Um, we had the Central Kids. Uh, you know, Jimmy George and Stanley Mara and Mikey Shelty and those guys, you know. Then there was a bunch of us at Butte High with, with Rhea Pell and Salo and, and myself and Denny and, and guys that could play. Uh, but Putter decided he was going to make us run like everybody else. And I said, you know, Putter, we're competing in track right now. We're running our – he <laughs> said, well, if I want to play baseball, can we run like everybody else? And I – so we didn't play. Yeah, and we would have had an outfield at that time that would have been as fast as anybody in the country, including Lou Brock's boys with uh, with St. Louis, with Rupel and myself and uh, Mikey Mike Shelty. We had some yeah. guys that could run. Yeah, that was uh, I, the Cutler brothers were talking about some of those players. <laughs> I don't know if you heard them when they were on. I did a little bit. Their uh, their beauties, and I was just looking because because you went in the Butte Sports Hall of Fame. You, your dad went in the third class, yes, he did. the Hall of Fame. Which I was just looking at the the people. You know, those first three classes were just, I mean, I mean, they're legends among legends. You got Bill Barry, Iso Naranchi, Sam Jankovic, Helen Bird, George Sarsfield, Bob Carpervique, Ed Foley, Bill Hawk, Marianne Bartholomew, of course Bob Petrino, Putter, yeah, Putter, year, yeah. uh, Arthur Keeley, Tom De Silva, Tom Lester, and Glenn Welsh. Yeah, that's a great. Was, do you remember being there that night? Did you, I, do, did I remember being there that night. I do, yes. Yeah, what a great, yeah. what a great night. And then, of course, then you go in, what, six years later, and you had a pretty good class, oh too. I God. mean, look at that. Joe Antonetti, which his name was brought up a bunch because Dougie yep. Peoples' yep. assault on the, the record book the last couple of years. Frank Spear, Bob Moodry, Lou Jean Gronley, Don Eulen. I can never tell which ones the Eulens are unless they're with their wives. <laughs> yeah. uh, Evan Roberts, Tom LaProus. Yep. Hudson Wilsey, which that was one of my favorites there. Mm -hmm. Coach John McElroy, Lisa Merrifield, Dennehy, Helen Sprunger, Pat Ogren, Swede Kinnison, Frank Samantri, Samansky, and then Glenn Welsh. Yeah. What a class that was. Yeah, it was a pretty good class. It was like, you know, you just, when you look at some of those names, you know, you know guys like Bobby Obilovich and, yeah. you know, guys that you look to and you idolize and, you know, you have your name thrown out with that, that's pretty yeah. intimidating. Yeah. Did you go to watch Bobby O? Yep, quite a, a little bit. bit. Yeah, when I was young, we used to go stand at the at the stairs there. You know, uh, when the yeah. dogs used to come out of the door and down the down the wooden stairs. Yeah. You know, me and Stalo when we were little used to stay down stand down there and watch you guys come out and and you know, yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Special. Huh? Pretty yeah, because awesome. he he wasn't a real big guy either. No, was he? a little tiny guy. Yeah, tough but, as nails. Yeah, and that's what uh, I've so many people have told me he's the best athlete. Yeah. Butte's ever produced. I would think that that's probably he's a pretty, least, he's a pretty least good in the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good statement. That's it's hard, right. Hard to yeah. so you you grow up kind of idolizing those guys. Wanting those to guys be yeah, up. you know. And then and then you know from there you know you ran into your Jerry Olds's and your Dick Wilsons. And, yeah. 
you know, all the, you know, Gary Carl and all that bunch from that 60, 61, 62 team, you know, uh, they were really good. And of course, then when we were coming through, it was always that banner about, you know, who was best, you guys or us. You know, we, yeah, well, I think we had it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're, oh, yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. an easy answer, right? We went to, when we went down to, to visit the University of Utah, you know, Wilson and uh, Gary Barker showed us around. And we had a great time with those guys. We were seniors yeah. in high school. They were seniors in college. And, and it was, we had a, a lot of those discussions about who was the best team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are fun. We brought that up a little bit between the 91 and the 2012 team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. And there's there's not a way in the world to uh, insult the 91 guys faster than just insinuate that a team might be better than, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even yeah. at it, yeah. you know. There's no way, you know. Yeah. That's what they. That's what they say. But of course, you never could play those. Which which makes the argument even better. Yeah, you, yeah. because you can't lose the even argument. Better, you're right. Yeah, but you guys won back to back titles. We won back to back titles. We did. So that's yes. was it. Sixty seven, sixty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, pretty good kids. What was what was the, the what strength of the team? Well, you know something. Uh, it, w it was really funny because uh, if you took a look at us, you know. Um, we weren't the best and we weren't the biggest and we weren't the fastest, but we were always yeah. really well prepared. Yeah. Kids were tough. Our kids up front were really tough. Uh, they did what they were told and they executed. Biggest counter football team was Monty Savers. You yeah. know, and he played fullback. Good luck tackling that guy. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to tackle him now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, and then we had speed in the backfield. You know, we had Riopel and Manovich and, you know, and, and Sammy Malodragovich. Sammy yeah. Malodragovich is the best story ever. I mean, that guy. He played 61 offensive plays in the state championship game and didn't carry the football one time. Really? He blocked every play. Just a selfless player, then, huh? And tough, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We had him on our radio show uh, overtime in on KBOW a few years ago. Oh, really? During uh, the week of uh, Silver Bees. And we had to cut Paul Cutler on then. Paul, yeah. And they both still hate Great Falls High. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would think Great Falls High stole their their, their yeah. girlfriend or oh, something. Oh, the Blue Bellies, yeah. Yeah. Because that what a great rivalry that was. That was a really good rivalry. It really was. And, and the thing that's bad about it, the whole thing, is that uh, my senior year, we were undefeated and they had been beaten. Yeah. And so the 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 uh, the whole thing at that time was if two, number two beat number one, then two could challenge. Yeah. And they beat us. Golly knows how they beat us. You know, I dropped one, was wide open, and dropped it. And yeah. you know, Marty Judd will never let me forget it. <laughs> so Marty Judd and staring and those guys, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, he had a really good year. But remember? Yeah, I remember it well. Thank you. So Butch, he, he brings it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Butch, you know, he's a beauty. Yeah, he he. he... If there's anybody who can beat a dead horse, oh, it's Butch Staring. Butch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had dinner. Uh, me and Marty and Butch had dinner. It was Sunday. Yeah, it might have been Sunday night. And, you know, I, Butch can beat you up pretty good. Yeah, you bring, bringing that up. <laughs> well, you played, so you played, uh, were you a flanker? Is that what the position I played was? wide out, or, yeah. And and I played on the corner. Yeah. And uh, would you love to just play today in the, the passing game? Because I oh. think you had, like, records for Butte High. Yeah. And you were on the leaderboard. I saw one point was leaderboard. And it was, like, 12 catches for yeah. so many yards. Yeah. I mean, you could do that in a game today with the way they – they passed That's, the ball more. Oh, yeah. It, it's uh, the way they threw it. And we threw the ball pretty well. I think one of the things when I look back and yet the question you asked about, about where we were, I think that the, the guys I played for, including Bill Cambage, um, were pretty innovative. 
you know, I mean, they ran some different stuff. They ran some counter stuff with fullback stuff. They ran some counter stuff with the tailback. We ran some reverse stuff. They threw the ball down the field a little bit. And they were one of the first teams. And, of course, I talked to guys after we played, you know, together and against yeah. each other in college and stuff. But they were one of the first teams that said, you know, special teams-wise, we're going to use that not as a get the ball back. We're going to use that as another offensive play. Right. And we worked on it. Worked on it a lot. We worked on it. We worked on punt returns. Of course, Bill Cambridge hated punt returns. Really? He just cover his eyes because we had, had, you know, in '66, '65 teams, they had had some some horrible drops and you know things that just happened with kids. Yeah. And so he wouldn't even watch it. He would cover his eyes. Really couldn't you even know, look. So he put me back there as, as a sophomore a couple of times and just said, "I'm not going to watch it, but you better catch it." Yeah. You know. And so and and they turned it into an offensive play. And so it was just another thing that another way we could score. And we did. Yeah. Was Coach Cambridge, was he funny when you when he coached too? Because as he was. Coach Cambridge was funny when he was outside the Lions. Yeah. He was all business he's, inside he's, the yeah. Lions. Yeah. Yeah, because he's one of the funniest guys I've ever, oh. I've ever talked to. You know, of course, and I got to know him well when I was done, you know. And, yeah. Uh, and when those guys play golf, I go play golf with them once in a while, you know. And, yeah. and, and he'd stutter. <laughs> I got that one. Yeah. yeah, I was really glad I got to know him. At, that was one of the best parts of that job. But I met him the first time. I think I was 12, and I played him in the club championship in one of the lower flights really? at the Muni. You know, and he beat me in uh, 17 holes. I was nervous as could be, but I played with him and Wendy. And uh, I'll never forget it because it was just so much fun. Oh, and those two guys, they get after each other. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they beat each other to death, yeah. <laughs> Bill, went, one time uh, when I was driving around my Marshall cart, and uh, when Jim Wooden just bought uh, a new pair of uh, ping irons, new set of ping irons, and, and you know, spent pretty good on those, and he couldn't find his wedge. And he was just white as a ghost in a panic, you know. And uh, I can see this coming. So I go driving back, and I find it was just, they were in hole three, oh. and it was on hole two green, you know. So I go down, and I bring it to him, and, and Cambridge says, oh, he, he he's so he was so worried about that. He's going to give you the biggest tip you've ever seen, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he kept going on, and Jim pulls out a coin purse. He had a little coin yeah, purse, pulled out fifty cents, <laughs> gave it to me. Which was, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say that. Uh, uh, that Cameron Cam had, had it in his bag, which probably yeah. wouldn't put past him. Yeah. yeah, but the way he the way he set up, the, oh, he's going to give you the biggest tip. He, he's going <laughs> to. And then te then he's teasing him about fifty cents, which I didn't want to tip anyway. You know, I just it was the easiest thing, but it was so it was just fun they to were, be around. They were those wonderful guys. guys. Yeah, and so I could could never imagine what he was on like on the, as a coach. But I heard he was you know like a hard ass coach, like most coaches yeah. were in those he days. Could, you know, he could uh, he could get after you if you needed it. Of course, it was a whole different time too. Yeah, it's a whole different time. I mean, you could do stuff to kids now that they did to us. Then, yeah, you know. And they had our, they got our attention, you know. You got guys like you know Poncho McMahon, ah, Poncho, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and Fraser Fraser McDonald was the best, right. you know. And of course, to this day, he gets after me about getting beat for a touchdown. Cousin Fred beat me for a touchdown. Oh, really? In the Butte Central game, you know, Freddie American. Yeah. He'd see me in a locker in in, in school, and he'd grab me by the shirt. Cousin Fred beat you. <laughs> yeah, coach, I know. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That uh, you're such a great group, and like you said, you can do, you can't do what they do today. And uh, Sam Jankovic, he had the hello reception for him when he went into the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's what he said. If he if he did some of the things that he did, they'd be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> that's why could be right. Yeah, it could be right. Yeah, it was, uh, but they could get your attention in yeah. a hurry. You know, and then Sonny was a whole different guy. Was he? Oh, he was a whole different guy, and and uh, he'd get after you in the film room. But then it was over, 
and it was just about he was he was a whole different guy. We did that uh, myself and Marty and Denny did that uh, um, that film that they put on that they, that they made for him. I don't know if you've seen that or not. It's no, it's, I don't think I have. But we had guys like Russell Maryland and guys like that 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 were, oh, were on it, and so <laughs> and uh, she asked me about uh, was Sonny really that good a coach? And I said, you know. I think Sonny was okay, but we were really good. We were really good athletes. Well, he just split again. He just thought that was funny. He said we were we were really good, but he yeah. got us through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he seems well. His book that not so fast, Sonny, which I didn't actually read it myself. I, I Bruce Saylor read it to me because Bruce was reading it for a review for a story, and he'd read a paragraph and he'd start laughing, and then he'd go back and read the paragraph out loud to everybody. So I, I heard him. Uh, I read the whole book that way with Bruce reading it, but it was funny as could be. He's a beauty. Yeah, I really got to get him on lined up for a podcast. Oh, I, absolutely. I got to meet him one time at a Silver Bees night. Well, if you need in. contact information yeah. for him, I'll get it for you. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Silver Bees night, I got to meet him, and it was just an honor just to, yeah, yeah. to meet him because I got to meet uh, Sonny Holland a year or two before. Because, you know, you talk about uh, uh, how big a presence Sonny Lubick is. Yeah. Silver Bee night. Central guys don't go into Silver Bean Island. No. Yeah, it's just not even golfers got to go in. <laughs> only one. Yeah. Only one. He's got, only got. The Central guy ever got to go into Silver Bee Nights. Yeah. Cause, and he's not a Silver Bee, but he was Sunny a coach. Lewis, but, they, but he was in there. He was, yeah. he was in the room. Yeah. They don't let him in. It's, yeah, that's an exclusive. That's like the He-Man Woman Haters Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got to go in there one time. Uh, you know, because I had golf letters at Butte High. Sure. You know, but I went in there one time because Paffer had me take a picture of everybody. That's oh. the only way I got to get in there. <laughs> was it? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get to stay though. So it's take it's really a neat organization. Yeah. Really, you know, you take a look at that tradition and what they've done and what they've done. That group has done for the program yeah. as far as money and you know weight room stuff and stuff like that. It's yeah. it's really a neat organization. Yeah. Do you, do you try to make it every year? You know, I try to, but you know, I've been refereeing yeah. football for. It's wow. hard. You get, yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's to hard it. to get in there, especially now. We're short of guys, and yeah. you know, to take a Friday night off, and then we're then it shortens our guys, and yeah, it's so tough. it's a. But I try and get in, you know, once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grandes, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandes can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Shop where the champions shop at Dig City Supply. The Fan Gear headquarters for all things Montana Tech is right across the street from the Uptown Parking Garage on Park Street. Not only can you get your Charlie Ordigger fix, but we carry the area's largest selection of Montana and Montana State apparel, as well as Butte High, Butte Central, and all the elementary school gear. Dig City is also home to the exclusive licensed Butte Icon shirt collection. We partnered with cherished Butte institutions to offer one-of-a-kind graphic tees from places like the Silverbow Drive-In, Beef Trail Ski Area, Bonanza Freeze, 
and our brand new Evil Knievel designs. Head uptown to Park Street and check out Dig City Supply and find us online at digcitysupply.com. Is your house too cold or is it too hot? Either way, Lockmer Sheet Metal is here to help. With more than 40 years of experience in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning trade, Lockmer Sheet Metal strives to bring quality service and knowledgeable work to help with your HVAC projects or needs. Lockmer Sheet Metal offers repair services for all forced air, central air systems, installation of new HVAC systems, service contracts for maintenance and service, all residential and commercial applications, fabrication of sheet metal for all types of projects and ventilation and exhaust systems, as well as commercial heating and cooling. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerSheetMetal.com to warm up or cool down with Lockmer Sheet Metal, your local dealer for train heating, cooling, air handling, and ventilation products. Remember Lockmer Sheet Metal for all your home heating and cooling needs. Lone Peak Physical Therapy is your premier privately owned physical therapy, occupational therapy, certified hand therapy, pelvic health, and personal training facility located right here in beautiful Butte, Montana. With over 21 years of experience, our team here at Lone Peak is hyper-focused on you, your goals, and finding a way to help you get better faster. We provide one-on-one -on -one care with the highest quality specialized services. Are you tired of dealing with your low back pain, arthritis, carpal tunnel, neck pain, headaches, and shoulder pain? Did you just have a recent surgery? Do you struggle with feeling off balance or do you get dizzy during your day? How about a custom splint built for your hand and wrist? Did you recently have a baby and now your body feels tremendously foreign to you? Look no further. We are here for you and ready to help you move better and feel better every step of the way. You do not need a doctor's referral to come in and see us. We accept health insurance and also offer comprehensive self-pay options. Don't settle for mediocre healthcare. Your journey to living better and getting back to doing what you love can start today. Give us a call at 406-494-7050 or visit our website at LonePeakPT.com to speak to an expert now. Did you play ba basketball? You, oh, yeah. Too? Yeah. Did you like basketball? Yeah, it was, yeah, basketball, yeah. you know, but the thing, we kind of got lost in the thing, you know, because, you know, everybody viewed us as football players and not basketball players, and, yeah. and we had some pretty good basketball players, but, you know, our, the big thing was if the ball was loose, we got it, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. You had, you know, Chicken Hawk Richards and, and Seavers and Salo and those guys, and the ball was loose, you know, we were going to get it, you know. Yeah. There might be bodies all over the place, but, <laughs> but we were going to get it. And those guys were good athletes. So they could play yeah. basketball, too. Yeah. You know, and so we had our we had our moments, but, yeah. uh, you know, we always fell a little short. Yeah. Were you a guard? Yeah. Yeah. Central always made it difficult on us, you know, with that Nettie and Moose Patrice and those guys. And Since you had to play against that Nettie, too. I never yeah. saw a guy, you know, as a referee, Never saw a guy that could get through a space where there was no space. Yeah. There was no space, and he could get through it and score. That's Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he must have been something else. He was the a good The points player. that he scored yeah. before a three-point line, long before a three-point yeah. line, and he's scoring all those points. He scored most of them against us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his best games against yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. When, so you, then you come to the Missoula to, to go to school. Did you – look at a lot of other places before you decided to come yeah, here? Yeah, I was fortunate that I got to look at a lot of places, you know, and then most of the big schools that recruited me wanted me to play defense. Yeah. I really didn't want to play defense. It was just, especially go to some of those places, you know, um, Wisconsin had me back twice. 
um, you know, and you take a look at the size of those running backs. I'm thinking, whoa, yeah. you know. I, yeah. And so uh, I had, at the time you could sign a letter of intent with a conference, and then there was a national letter of intent. And I signed a conference letter of intent to go to Utah. Oh, really? And uh, they said that I could try to play wide out, but they were recruiting me as a defensive back. Yeah. And then this play, I said, Montana, we were throwing it all over the park at the time. Yeah. We were throwing it 45, 50 times a game. And so it just was a fit. You yeah. Know? It was just a fit for me. That That's what I wanted. They, we brought in a quarterback from Hawaii, Elroy Chung. It was as good a thrower as you've ever seen. Yeah. And mid-freshman year, he comes back with this wishbone. <laughs> we're all looking at each other. You know, so Jack Swarth, that was, that was yeah. the push, yeah. And, you know, he, he brought me in. He brought a kid by the name of, of Eureta, uh, Elroy Chong, uh, Sparky Kotke, guys that were – made to throw it around yeah and our freshman year um we had freshman ball at that, that time yeah, we threw it all year. over the park i tell you it was it was it was as fun as it got then all of a sudden we come <laughs> back we come back in the spring and we got this thing going on with all these backs and nobody split out and so it was you know it was you know and then, then it was decision time you know um Elroy went back to Hawaii. Uh, he transferred back to Hawaii and beat us twice. <laughs> uh, you know, Yasu went back. Uh, uh, you know, we had a bunch of guys transfer out. And I just, I just didn't want that. You yeah. know, so we we did our thing, and uh, it was it, we were successful, which was made yeah, you it went easier. back to back Big Sky yeah. titles, right? Yeah, we were successful, and that was made it a little easier. But we didn't throw the ball much, and. You know, when we did, it was down the field, and there was only one white out. So then when we got in trouble, there one white out. You know, you had three guys taking a look at one guy, and then yeah. they were going to throw a little, and, you know, yeah. it felt like a ping-pong ball out there. But uh, yeah. but it was I, – I didn't, re, didn't regret staying a bit. You know, I, uh, I liked it there. I liked the guys I was with. Uh, uh, you know, I liked the coaching staff. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a good experience. Yeah. And fortunately, I got an educate, education, so – yeah, yeah, that was the coaching staff that brought the the colors, copper or right, especially yeah. Texas orange. It looks different with the gold. Yeah. Well, if you take Texas. a look at it, yeah, if you take a look at it. It's Texas's uniforms. Yeah, you know, he just brought all that stuff back from down there. Yeah, just put gold instead of white yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I had an argument with my daughter, who's going to be a sophomore here at UM on our drive over, about which colors were better because I, I, you know, I was here. When they switch back, mm-hmm. you know, I said, hey, "Come on, you look at pictures of Dave Dickinson; they look way better than than the <laughs> pictures of the quarterbacks today. Yeah, you know, yeah. way better uniforms." What are you? Are you uh, either one for? I like the copper. Yeah, yeah, I like that copper stuff. And was, as a matter of fact, we had a deal on Facebook the other day. Some guys uh, looking to buy a copper jersey, and he wanted to buy a copper jersey. Where could I get one? What can we do? And I, you know, I don't post on that stuff very often. Yeah. I just said, you know. I, I got one, but you better bring your checkbook. <laughs> yeah. And I got about 15 responses from teammates. Don't you dare get rid of that thing. You know, <laughs> Rosenberg, don't you dare get rid of that yeah. thing. I said, I was just teasing. Rosie, yeah. can't give me a break. You, yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. you still have it? Do you have it framed on a wall or anything? No, I just got it in my closet. It's a, right. it's a, I got it. Uh, Roop gave it to me when I when we left. So right. What number did you wear? 80. 81. 81. Is that, what did you play at Butte High? 81. Same one. Got to keep, keep the number as yeah. you went along. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how you guys go through number stuff, you know. Yeah. It's passwords and it's, you know, uh, that that stuff. And you know, my son was two and twenty-two, and we got twos and stuff. And it was yeah. yeah. Did you uh, was there any significance to your number when you were Butte High, or is that just what they gave you? Well, I started uh, um, a defensive back as a sophomore, and he gave me number sixty-seven, 
and told me how to earn something better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and 67 is not a fun number yeah, at all. Yeah, 67 when you're playing, playing the speed positions. They, really? Yeah. But uh, anyway, Johnny Garrett had it the year before, and he graduated, and so he gave it to me. So Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And and then you got a good education here at UM. Yeah. What would you study? Uh, I ended up... Uh, uh, I ended up uh, majoring in sociology and education. Of course, you know, we all want to, you know, yeah. teach and coach. You know, that was yeah. our big That's deal. what was your plan was? Want to yeah. coach football. You know, that was kind of my plan. God, I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, it was uh, that was kind of the deal, you know. And right out of school, I interviewed at Budai um, when uh, Peters and those guys were there. And then I got an offer to, to do what I ended up doing. And so, um, so I did that. I was kind of glad I did it. It was... I've been I've been working my job for a year, and I we just got back to Missoula and bought a little house up the Rattlesnake, and and I got a phone call one night, and it was Denny, and he said he was coaching in Colton, Washington. He said, "Hey, I just got the Helen High job." I said, "Geez, congratulations, Mick, that's great." He said, "I need an offensive coordinator." And I said, "Well, you know, Steve Carlson's coming out," and he said, "No," <laughs> he said, "I want you to come with me." He said, "There, there's a teaching job, the whole night." I said, "Oh, Mick, when do you need to to know that?" Yeah. And he said, well, I'd like to know in a couple of weeks. And so, you know, I kicked it around. And my wife just said, hey, if you need to get it out of your system, we'll do it. And just talked to my dad. My dad just said, uh, you just need to take a look and see how many state championships Helen High's won before you make a decision. <laughs> yeah. So I stayed where I was at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Helena High, that, yeah, they haven't, uh, they didn't pile them up, uh, the wins there. You can't, I'll bet you can't find one. Yeah. There's not very many because. But you even, take a look at the athletes they've had. Yeah. They can't get over the top. Yeah, they can't. I, I talked to. Uh, I remember talking to Matt Comack when he played quarterback for mm-hmm. for Tech. He said when they played Hell in the Capital, he was a Hell in the High kid. He said we we hoped we'd win. We yeah. thought we might win. Yeah. He says we, Capital knew they were going to win. <laughs> Big and, and, that's, and that's just right. I mean, that's yeah. you know that that whole mindset of kids and that whole mindset of programs. This is just it's just amazing. You know, it's that bunch of kids that I played with at Butte High. Like I say, I don't think we're the greatest athletes, or the, but those kids knew when we came out of that tunnel that we were going to win. Yeah, they just knew it. It just you, you could talk to a man for men, John Reardon and Chicken Hawk and you know David Lopez and yeah. you to met. We knew we were going to win when we when we put the put that gold helmet on and came down. We knew we were going to win. Yeah, and that's a big when you mental edge is a huge oh, deal yeah. like that. Yeah. Especially when you played in the ranchy. Oh, and then you was, got. Yeah. I think was, I talked to one. Bring the boys from Billings West in and play. Yeah. Been playing in the ranchy. There was. Yeah. I talked to a guy from Anaconda one time. Who, I can't remember his name. It was years ago. I wrote a story for the Montana Standard about Naranchi when they were first doing some renovations there, and he said they were down seven nothing before they got off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's just about right. Yeah. You know, and all those stories that you hear are all nonsense. You know, the glass yeah. and the, the rocks. It's all nonsense. You know, you yeah. just sit up and watch Terry, Terry Kelly. He would groom that thing and drag it. And I got to play on just about all the turfs. If I didn't play on them, I refereed on them. Yeah. About all the surfaces. That was the best surface I played on. Yeah. You didn't hear anybody knees blowing up and ankles blowing up. There was a little yeah. bit of give to it, but it was fast. It was it was a good play. It was a good place to play. Yeah. That, that, of course, that, it never hurt that they thought there might be glass on there, you know, if they came <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, you know, yeah. If they thought there was glass in yeah, there, yeah, was, right? it probably was. You better watch for it. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, as a speed guy, you probably loved. Oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. It was, it was you know, we used to. Billings West, it was funny. They came in, they came in my junior year, and they had it. They were, 
you know, they had Gary Fox and Houston. All those guys played Division One football in those yeah. places. And they come in in their fancy uniforms, and we just beat the hell out of them. <laughs> they looked around. You know, I returned a punt for touchdowns, the punt they talk about, you know. Yeah. I got discombobulated and caught it where I shouldn't have caught it, and then I retreated a little bit, and yeah. I was in big trouble. And <laughs> out of nowhere, it sounded like a gun went off, and Denny, he hits this guy. And let's be turned the corner, and there was, you know, then it was just a foot race. It was, I had to find Salo. I found Salo at about the 40, and nobody was going to challenge him. And so it was just, but that was a punt return they talk about yeah. all the time. It was still a state record, but it was one of those mistakes that if Kamich was watching it, he had a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> How far was it? 99 yards. That was 99. Yeah. Okay, there's, uh, and someone had a longer one for Butte High because they're Dom Dalton Don had a 99 yard kick return one time kickoff yeah yeah kickoff yeah. and uh but and Carney came Pat Carney comes and tell me that wasn't the longest play because somebody had a longer return I can't remember what it was if it was a kickoff return or it was a punt return back yeah, yeah. still a state record but uh I'll never forget that Dom the ball he just let the ball just sit there it was the first game in 2012 season and I'm like what the heck is he doing and all of a sudden I mean all these everybody was around the ball and he reached down with one hand and grabbed it and he knew he was gone by the time he hit the ten yard line. And he could run. Yeah, he could. He fly. could run. Yeah. yeah, I think he ran like a ten six six hundred yeah. and then yeah, one he time. could run. Yeah, yeah, that. Uh, and then the difference between the one, the hundred when you ran and the hundred meters now, it's not not very. It's a small difference. Yeah, it's about eight tenths of a second. Yeah, it's about so, eight tenths of a second. So, yeah, so you know, in conversion stuff, you know, when I went down to the Junior Olympics and and ran with the boys, you know, I ran ten five down there. Yeah. Which would have been about a nine eight. Yeah. Uh, um, but it was I was talked out of that before I ever got before the gun ever went off the all the fellas, all the brothers were what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> That's fast though. I mean I remember watching Dalton run a ten six six or watching some of those guys, you, you know. Right that, in, in, yeah, they've had some good sprinters in Butte High. Just yeah. really good sprinters. Yeah. Now so you your job, you, you must have got married pretty young then if you were talking got, to your wife about, yeah. about the job. I got married when we were 21. Really? Yeah. That's, a, that's one of those things. Pretty young, yeah. It was, you know, it was, you know, you take a look back and say, what are we doing or kids? But, you know, it was one of those things that's kind of saved me. Yeah. You know, because um, I was just a big guy yeah. trying to stay eligible, you know. And as yeah. a matter of fact, we got married going into spring quarter and, I was walking across campus, and there was a guy. His name was Bruce Bellard. He was uh, he was in a wheelchair. He was a wonderful guy. <laughs> I'm right in front of the university. I hey, heard somebody like, "Hey, Welch." I looked over, and it was Bruce. He says, "I heard you got married." I said, "Yes, sir, I did." He said, "Get your button in my office." <laughs> so I did. He said, "Look at this thing." He said, "We got to get you squared away. You can get a degree out of this thing." He said, "This is a war zone." Yeah. <laughs> my transcript. So he got me squared away, and I got a degree out of him, which was fine. Yeah. Well, Missoula can be a, a rough place for uh, your education because there's so much fun you can have down well, here. Well, and that's the thing, you know, <laughs> and, you know. And four or five of us came down here together. Yeah. So that was a good or a bad, you know. I think it ended up just me and Chickenhawk ended up at the, at the end of the day. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It, you know, and, and you come out of there, and and we had four or five places where. Uh, Butte Anaconda guys ran ran bars, and so we could go in. Yeah. We could go in those places at night, and you know, so it was yeah, it was. Yeah, that's still pretty much like that, right? There's always a Butte Anaconda guy running yeah. the bar. Yeah, exactly like, right. <laughs> yeah, somebody's gonna take care of you. Yeah, that's a bowl club, or, or Patrick's yeah, got his liquor right. store. And all, exactly. All kinds. Of, there's all kinds of Butte guys when you come that's running down here. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, did you did you look into playing anything beyond high school at all? Any. 
Right in there, but I mean, any, uh, behind, behind, beyond college, with football, well, did you have a chance to go play anywhere? I went to, uh, I went to, I had a tryout at, uh, with uh, San Diego, and that's the year that they uh, drafted Johnny Rogers. Yeah. And so that didn't last long. <laughs> and I went with uh, a kid that played with us, uh, uh, Cliff Burnett, we called him the Giant. And you talk about an athlete. Yeah. Uh, and he got a tryout um, in Canada, and he said, I'll go if Welch can come with me. Yeah. So I went with him when it got time, and we were doing well. He was really doing well. Yeah. But it got you know punt returns at that time. There was no fair catch up there. Oh really? Yeah. They had to give you a yard, but there was no fair catch. I mean, it was a suicide mission. Yeah, that's scary. And it got time. It got down to me and this Canadian kid. Well, handwriting was on the wall. Yeah. And at that time, if you left, they paid your way home. Yeah. If they cut you, you're on your own. Oh really? Yeah. So I said. Seems like it'd be the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> I said to Cliff, I said, here's the deal. I'm getting out of here. We could take the money and run. He had a Corvette, and he said, "Me too." I said, "What do you mean, me too?" So you got this thing made. You're gonna, yeah. you, you'll be a star. He said, "I have had enough." Yeah. So we enough. jumped in his car and we went. We came back through Minnesota, and we had a nice trip back. Yeah. So, but my wife said, uh, uh, "Get it out of your system and go." And yeah. So she was pretty good about it. And then you you quickly moved into your career here. Right. And and you were what what you were a probation was, officer? Yeah, I was chief probation officer, juvenile probation officer. Yeah. So I worked for the Supreme Court uh, and uh, spent a year in Polson and I uh, was fortunate to get back here. The guy that hired me, of course, was a Butte guy. Yeah. And, uh, Never hurts to have a Butte connection. Yeah. Jerry Johnson, uh, rest his soul, he passed away last week. Um, he hired me and uh, uh, 47 years later, I hung it up last spring. So. Oh, you, just last spring you, yeah. you, you retired. So yeah. you could have retired a little earlier than that. Oh yeah, I could have got out earlier, but uh, I had some things going on at the time. Money-wise, and some things going on with some kids here that I thought were going to be good, and I wanted to make sure the money that we'd had went to the right spots. Yeah, you know, you get money sometimes, especially in state government. Yeah, and there's money, and if they see it, somebody wants it. Yeah, you know, the Department of Administration. Well, what do you, what do you how come that's sitting there? Well, I got this going on with some kids, and we're doing this, and you know, and and it drove them nuts because, uh, you know, I called it positive uh, intervention money. Okay. Well, what's that? <laughs> Well, we're going to do whatever they want to do, yeah. as long as it's positive. They want me to pay for a football camp for them, or a baseball camp, or guitar lessons, or yeah. whatever, and they can't afford it. We're going to pay for it out of that money that I save. Yeah. Oh, Jesus! And the government, the, the government's office probably every day to trying to take it. Right? Yeah. Saying, oh, well, you know, that money's just sitting there. Well, no, it's not going to sit there very long. <laughs> It'll but, put uh, the good use. I got a place to where, where it's going to go. And so I stayed around two years to make sure that that was solidified for us. Yeah. And then uh, then we had a transition. Uh, and so I had, to, I had to hire a couple guys, and I wanted to make sure that they were on board with everything. And then it got so it was, you know, the retirement thing's a little scary, you know. It's, <laughs> what are you going to do with your money? And your wife's going, what are you still doing here, you know? Yeah. So when I got done, when I uh, hung up the, uh, my shoes of refereeing basketball, you know, and it, she'd say to me once in a while, don't you have to be someplace? You know? <laughs> yeah. She's probably know, not used to seeing you. No, yeah. Well, you know, started Wednesday, I'd pick up my satchel on Wednesday and, She'd see me Sunday, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, I was working <laughs> three different leagues and yeah. still working some high school basketball. And, you know, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, so hanging that up was a big part of your life. And, you know, and then now this thing and uh, so it's, but it's, it's been all right so far. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying to learn how to fly fish. Oh, yeah. You know, staring. I'll take you up the big hole. Does, is Butch a fly fisherman? Oh, terrible. Yeah, him and uh, Denny. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. I said, 
me and you in a raft for four hours. <laughs> I don't know, Butch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, four hours of Butch is a long. Oh. It's, 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 like, it's like 30 hours with anybody else. <laughs> That's right? exactly right. And then some. <laughs> yeah. And then some. Yeah, you know, and I love the guy dearly, but boy, I'll tell you what. And if he says number 81 in your programs and number one in your heart one more time, <laughs> I want to jump off the building someplace. Yeah. 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 I, I told him I wanted to have him on my podcast, and he said, what's a podcast? I said, Butch, it, it's perfect for you. You can sit around for an hour or so talking about yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. So I'm going to get him on one of these days. Yeah. I, he didn't. He was out. Last time I was trying to get a hold of him, he was out of town. Oh, well, he's, he's back in town now. He's up. He's in town. He's around. He's in and he goes, out. Of he town. goes to Georgetown all the time. Yeah. And so, he's uh, got his cabin at Georgetown, and he's got he's the got cabin a place on in the... Georgetown. Oh, you know, for a guy who, he's an amazing guy. You yeah. know, I, when I can't remember him having a, going to work. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, I think he worked like two weeks out of the year or so as uh, you know working at the. <laughs> yeah. Working in somebody's in, cabin or taking somebody yeah. on a fly fishing trip or yeah. doing something like that. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I drove I drove him home one night from, I can't remember from uh, where, where I ran into him, but I gave him a ride home at his new house out there. And yeah. he looked at his house and he looked at me and he looked back at his house and he looked at me and he winked and said, Mary Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is good advice, which I, I didn't take. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I mean, I did all right, but of not all were around, he did it best. Yeah. You know, he, he married uh, Skinny Poor, Robert yeah. Poor's daughter to start with, yeah. and, and Mary's done well, so yeah, he's figured it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got, the, he's got the life of Riley. <laughs> oh, look, there's another one. Your favorite tavern, neighborhood gas station, and video stores have all been turned into the same thing, a casino. At Crazy Carol's, we've been doing things the right way for more than three decades. So let me introduce myself. I'm Deb Dinius, the manager of Crazy Carol's Casino Mill Bar, where you'll always find fun in motion and service that sets us apart. Take a trip off the beaten path. Come on over to the hood. We're located on the corner of Walnut and Hayes, where you'll find the big red barn just off the shores of beautiful Lake Berkeley. And don't forget, Bucko the Horse is available for photos. At Crazy Carol's Casino and Mill Bar, we're still so grievous after all these years. Thank you, Butte. Everybody knows the place to go. Crazy Carol's Casino and Mill Bar. 5518 Designs is your Montana lifestyle apparel headquarters in Uptown Butte. We're gearing up to launch all of our brand new designs for the summer. All our designs are created in-house, actually in the cabin that we have in the back of the store, and they're meant to get you psyched about all your summer adventures. Whether it's biking, hiking, floating, festivaling, or just chilling lakeside, we've got the tees, hats, hoodies, and gifts that everyone is sure to love. And we haven't even mentioned our unique line of Butte gear, but we'll save that for another commercial. In the meantime, stop into 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte and shop online at shop5518.com. Are you looking for somewhere to watch your favorite teams play or just somewhere to meet your friends? Or are you looking for a place to hold your big celebration or cater your private event? Look no further than Metal's Sports Bar and Grill. They can do it all. With their 31 big screen televisions, you will not miss a second of action, and a full menu of cooked-to-perfection favorites is sure to please. Try the Vault Burger, raise fingers, or one of Chef T's specialty items. Or just enjoy a drink and some friendly company with Dave and the staff as you take in the action at Metal Sports Bar and Grill. Metal Sports Bar and Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. 
There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Super Stops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Super Stops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. But your job... Um you must have your job has to be really tough at times but it has to be really rewarding too yeah it can be you know it's yeah. a it's a deal that we work with kids in trouble yeah and uh you know it, it's you see those kids you know it, it's it's not an instant satisfaction by any stretch of the imagination yeah. but you'll see some of those guys come back when they're young adults or whatever and say geez i'm glad you kicked me in the butt to get me to school or whatever it was uh yeah and you see some other guys that you know don't do so just about two weeks before i retired I had a, uh, a window that faced the street at the courthouse. It was across the street from the courthouse. And, of course, the feds didn't want me sitting there because somebody was going to shoot me. You know, I, <laughs> I said, you ever watch some of the things that I do in my regular life? Yeah. If they're going to get me, they're going to get me. You yeah. know, this window is not going to. So I was sitting looking out of the window, and this motorcycles came. And there was probably 50 of them pulled yeah. up in front of the. And I thought, Jesus, I hope these guys aren't coming here. What's going on? <laughs> This great big guy gets out and in the front door he comes and I hear him say that my office was right around. He says, Welch in? And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> so I come up. He said, hey, it's Joey. It was Joseph Cancellari, yeah. kid I had worked a long time with, and he was now the head of this motorcycle gang. I made it. He said, I'm the head guy. <laughs> awesome. so that boy, Joey, just keep yourself out of jail, okay? Yeah. And we talked for about an hour and it was... Uh, Pretty neat. Huh? But he came back to just to say hello. <laughs> that's got to make you feel good. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, early in my career, you know, it's uh, we kind of split areas up uh, of town uh, early in my career. And, of course, I was fortunate, not fortunate, I went and got the, the Northside kids. Because yeah. the Northside kids were beaut kids. They yeah. were just talked our language. I talked their language. I, you know, and then we had a, I, I, I had a, a youth camp that I used to do. It's a, I was the interim director for 35 years. And so, but raising money and stuff, and of course, all those guys would come to camp, you know, and it was just, it was, it was Dustin slamming doors for a week, you know, we brought about 100 <laughs> kids up there, and, and uh, we had a great time, but you see those kids, and I still see some of those kids now at Walmart or something, and I, hey, Glenn, are we still doing camp? Well, I'm not doing it anymore, but, <laughs> you know, but you know, talk about an easy sell, you know, you try and raise money for that thing, and, and uh, you know, you go to businesses and people, I mean, because we didn't pay anybody as far as staff is concerned. Yeah. Everybody was volunteers, and so everything that we raised went right to the kids and right to the, to the camp. It was a wonderful place. It was We had a great time when we did it up at City Lake. And yeah. <clears throat> it was a great experience for me. But those kids you see all the time. 
Yeah. Probably kept a lot of kids out of jail. <coughs> well, you years. hope they did. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> I mean, of course, it's, it's impossible. That's one of those stats that's impossible to yeah. measure the success. <coughs> exactly. You know, but the failures slap you in the face. But well, the, it, but, the, but the big thing that happens is <coughs> if something bad happened or something and you needed something and those guys saw you, yeah. they trusted you. Yeah. <coughs> so that was a big thing with, with that. So... Yeah. yeah, that was kind of one of the things that I was really happy with that we did. You like you, you like the work then? Huh? Yeah, pretty satisfying career. Yeah. Where would you grow up in Butte? <coughs> well, we started in Silver Bow Homes. We lived in a fourplex that's probably the last the last fourplex before we fall in the pit now up uh, on East Mercury. Oh, really? Uh, Joe Zedrick and Stanisitches and us. I can't remember who was in the four, other one. And then uh, my dad bought a house down on a flat, a little place down on a flat uh, on Gaylord Street. And we were there forever. Right. It was a, so yeah. did you go to the Emerson then? Went to the Emerson. Yeah. It was an Emerson Eagle. Oh, Eagles. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, so we had a bunch of good kids there. Ozzy Osbourne, you know, Jeff Harney, and a bunch. we had a bunch of good kids at that place too. You went to school, grade school with Ozzy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, we were just bannering back and forth. Richards was telling me they went into the Bob Marshall with those guys. I went, you know, Chicken Hawk, I don't see your big butt on the back of a horse. <laughs> Ozzy chimes in, yeah, he did it. He yeah. was with us. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good neighborhood to grow up in probably. Then. Great place. Yeah, yeah, it was a great place. My, my grandma lived on the 1600 block of B Street. Oh, yeah. And I, so we used to, that was where I grew up in, <clears throat> by the Con Mine. So. Mm -hmm. We went down there to ride our bikes so we could ride without yeah. pushing them half the time. Yeah. My wife uh, grew up on Lushan Street. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she was a West Sider. Well, what's her name? Patty Polich. Polich, yeah. Yeah. Is that related to George? Uh, no. No, okay. No. I don't, no. Didn't want to sad you with George. <laughs> yeah. You know George probably. Yeah. It's always on the chain gang yeah. in high games. Yeah. But uh, so you must you got into officiating right away? After uh, yeah, it was, it was just a deal that... You know, people ask me all the time, how'd you get involved? And I just thought that's what you're supposed to do when you're done playing, you know? Yeah. Was with my dad for, you know, you talk about officiating. I can remember going with my dad. We got on the bus and we went to Western. He worked a college basketball game by himself. College basketball game? Yeah. Wow. At Western by himself. We went to Coach Straw's house. Coach Straw's wife made us a sandwich. And we got back on the bus and came back to be. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, no. yeah, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat for me because yeah. while those guys were changing and stuff, I got to go in the old gym and, and shoot hoops. It was, yeah. it was great. But anyway, I, I had to get back to your question. I just thought that it was kind of what you were supposed to do, you know. Yeah. And uh, we were just, just married, and it was a chance for us to make a couple bucks while we were still playing. And Coach Swarthout didn't think it was very good, you know, because he was always worried about scholarship guys, you know, making money. And I said, yeah. you know, Jack, we're making eight and a half, eight dollars and fifty cents for it. You know, don't worry about it. I don't think. Of course, you know, it was right on the heels of the FBI being here too. So yeah, he had a, he had some reasons to be a little bit skittish, but but yeah, started working basketball in '72, I think. Yeah, really started getting in. Probably had to work your way up before you get varsity high school. You know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, got to work your way up and did it all. Do you, do you like basketball? Was that your favorite sport to fish or do you like football better? You know something I did until I really started to get involved with football a little more. Yeah, uh, you know, football's um, 
Well, you, you know, basketball or tweet, 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 everybody knows travel and everybody knows three seconds, everybody yeah. knows. You know, in football, you're away from them. Yeah. You know, you see, you see a foul, you throw your flag, play continues on, we come back to the flag, you know, we figure it out, and we go from there. Of course, you know, you still have some of those guys, but it's not like that, you know, Tweet, tweet, tweet. You, 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 yeah, you get it or constant. it's gone. Yeah. You know, you get her, it's get it, it's gone. You, know, you see, you can see a block take place, and you can process. And oh, that one a good block. Get back to it. And, yeah. You know, something like that or a hold. You know, because guys, guys got his jersey. Did it have anything to do with the play? No. So you pass. You know, and yeah. that whole advantage disadvantage thing in football is much bigger. Football's a harder game to work. Yeah. As far as uh, administration stuff is concerned, and you know. Uh, where your spots are and where's your files and starters and stoppers on the yeah. clock and stuff and uh, it, it's much much more difficult uh, but uh, basketball is always my favorite sport so I really kind of kind of got over the top in basketball you know and I was working three legs and I was gone and then football was kind of relaxing then and, and of course then they talked me into working college football yeah. and so uh, yeah and that was and some of the stuff we did to ourselves just nuts. The Frontier Conference was nuts for us because we we're on the road all the time. Yeah. All the time. Snowstorms and rainstorms and you know, you, you get done Someone's working. Someone's gonna be at Havard during those snowstorms, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. You you work a you work the men's game in Havard, game gets done at ten thirty. Yeah. And now you gotta get to Missoula. Yeah. You know, and so we're in the road I can remember coming back from Eastern one time. Well we worked uh we worked the Eastern Rocky game at the Metro. Came back, I pulled in my driveway and went in and changed my shirt and went to work. <laughs> no kid. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Waylett was uh, leaning out my door, the door of the car at uh, uh, through Livingston at the time, trying to see the line to see if we're on the lines. Yeah. Is that bad? Huh? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just not fun. No, it was. Not. But anyway, take a look at some of that stuff. But, but you know, I got to meet some great people yeah. and great kids and... You know, I see kids now all the time. You know, the uh, the Wagner kid from from Harvard was a quarterback at Carroll. Oh, Gary Wagner, we got yeah. to be good friends. You know, the, the kid was a quarterback at uh, Southern Oregon. We still keep in touch with each other once in a while. And he was as good as they get. Oh, was uh, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah. The one when they Dustin, won the national yeah. championship. Yeah, yeah, he was as good as they get. But so relationships with those guys. As a matter of fact, I was with uh, I was working a game that that Wagner broke his ankle, and it was the worst sign you ever heard. Really, I was back with him. You know, I had him and him. He gets hit, and it was it was the worst sound you ever heard. Yeah. And it was even worse when they came out to see it. It was I couldn't even yeah. look at it. That's but. tough when you're out there, isn't it? When you're face, there's a couple of times just you know I was doing JV games when girls went down with yeah. what I thought was turns out none of them the, who I was there were yeah. bad injuries, but looks like oh that could be an ACL or something. Yeah, and you just exactly. your heart just drops. Oh yeah, you know I see kids. I mean that's why we're out there is the time. Yeah, keep the peace, as you well know. How's yeah. your career going with it? It was good. You know, you talk. About, I'd probably be better for football because a lot of times I'll be down the other side of the court and I'm thinking, yeah, it was probably a foul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, that happens to everybody. Yeah. I, so, but I like it. You know. Good. And it. Uh, my wife was worried about when I first went to the first game. My first games that weren't Special Olympics was uh, I did a seventh and eighth grade game between I think it was. Uh, Townsend and, and Whitehall and Whitehall and I got to do it with the legendary Mike Anderson. Good one. Which uh, and he was there. He didn't. He had a hat head. He had shorts. I don't think he tucked his shirt in. You know, because he was out. He, I never thought Mike would ever go out in public looking like that. But and I, I enjoyed it. But my wife was wondering how I'm going to handle people 
yelling at me. I'm like, well, you've seen the emails I get sometimes, <laughs> you know, for the stuff I write. I, I can handle it. And I, I don't, it doesn't bother me when people yell at me, and I just usually kind of laugh at it, you know. But uh, it's, it's a thing that you get yelled at every game. Oh, and, and, and some of the games where you work, your seventh grade games or eighth grade games are the worst. Yeah. Well, the travel tournaments were, were yeah. bad. This travel ball stuff is crazy. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, you know, I always get, you know, because I know guys from all over the country, you know, I was really fortunate to, you know, I worked a couple of uh, national basketball tournaments, uh, NAI national basketball tournaments. I got to know some guys from, from back east and stuff, and so we keep in touch. And they'll send me a, a video of something that happened when these travel ball tournaments. You go, why do we do this? Yeah. Why do we subject ourselves? To I this? think it drives a lot of young officials. Oh, out sure of it does. Fishing. That's why we're that's why we're in the situation we're in right now. Yeah, you know we're in a situation we're in right now because kids don't want to do it. Yeah. You know they'd rather be you know and we can try and develop these college kids. You know, get yourself out here. Get yourself, you know and around here, well you know Bob Toshoff. Yeah, Tosh is another big guy. Yeah, he's got this little deal he's got going uh, round ball basketball that he has tournaments. And he's always looking for guys. So I'm always grabbing football players from here and there and going down and, hey, these kids, you're going to get some heat. Yeah. You're going to get tired. You're going to, you know, but at the end of the day, when you leave here, you're going to make four or 500 bucks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You can make four or 500 bucks and you're on your way. And those people are going, they can kick their, kick their dog when they're leaving, but you're going to leave with 500 bucks. And, yeah. You know, and so we get kids like, you know, Braxton Hill and some of those guys that, you know, you go to the Anaconda guys first, you know, and yeah. just start cherry picking those guys. And so, but yeah, it's a, but to develop those guys to do it for real is hard. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for them to, especially guys that are at the top of their game there to come back and be in the bottom of the game and have them to work their way up. Yeah. You and know. I tell the kids all the time, it's better than waiting tables or working as a bartender because you're going to get yelled at there too oh sure yeah and, you know you and probably you, you can't do anything about it they yell at you when you're waiting tables sure but exactly. you're yelling at you 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 know you can throw people right out if they yell at you <laughs> yeah. They, they, they yeah. so you can get rid of them you know so it's better and the money's actually not bad i think this year they're raising the yeah, rates sub so went, went up again i think to 55 i don't know which that, there's times at 48 last year and i do two you do i like doing sub varsity because you do sure. two games then you yeah. can sit and watch the varsity yeah. and you get paid more than the guys who just did one that's what happens with our young guys here yeah. is, is they'll go and they'll double and they'll be making more money than the guys that yeah. the varsity guys that, that come in and work one. Yeah, and that's what you. I don't know if I want to move up. <laughs> you know? And I, I, I felt guilty sometimes. It felt like I was making like I'm grossly overpaid here. <laughs> you know, it'll all catch up with you. Yeah. You know, my my son's working now, and I say, Jesus, it was a cakewalk. I'd say, enjoy it because the next one might not be that cakewalk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, now you you never. People yelling at you never seem to bother you. I don't. Were you always like that? You, you you're not afraid to talk back or to well, you throw know, someone I, out if you I, have I to. I probably, if I look back at my career, you know, I, I probably engaged people more than I probably should have. Yeah. If I'm if I'm raising a guy, which I my, my son's working now, and one of the things I try and tell him is, you know, don't engage those guys. Yeah. All they're going to do is all they're going to do is escalate. And, yeah. You know. So uh, yeah, if I take a look back and. You know, it, I watched my dad work, and my dad was, my dad, if you watch my dad and my son work, you could see similarities. Then you okay. throw me in the mix, and you go, where did he come from? <laughs> you know, they're both really smooth. They're both really non-confrontational, make calls, do their thing. But they're both, when the lines cross, look out. Yeah. You know, my line was a whole lot shorter than their yeah. lines were, you know. And, and so it's fun to watch, and I try and, you know, if I take a look back at some of the stuff that, 
I wish I could have done better yeah. uh, with it. It was is to not engage with people as much, you know. But that's hard not to sometimes. Oh, it's, it's, especially when you're saying such stupid things. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, you know, and 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 when they get personal, yeah. you know, uh, they get which you probably personal. got a lot because everybody, so many people know who you are because yeah. you've done so many games. Yeah, not only that, but you know, athletically, you know, through playing yeah. and through being around, and you know, it's yeah. So people knew a lot about, you know. So I used to tell my son, "You're, you're going to hear this." Uh, uh, you're worse than your old man was. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I used to hear that. Did you get? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had one year, myself and Jimmy Lodge, we worked every cross town in the state, including the Butte Central game. Yeah. And I was wondering if they were, you know, and uh, they said, no, we want you to work. I said, okay, we came and we worked it and everything went fine. But three, three or four times I said, ah, you're worse than your old man was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. It, when they know who you are, it, it's almost worse. You know, I yeah. remember J.P. Gallagher refereeing a game one time against Hellgate. And I remember Mick Morris saying, J.P., you got to be better than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's always a good one. You, yeah. you got to be better yeah, than yeah. that. What can you answer? Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, yeah. what can you say? But did you ever did you ever count how many games you might have done? Football, you know, basketball, I, softball, I, I baseball? Uh, I haven't. And it's one of the things that uh, I'm talking about Jimmy Lodge, me and Jimmy worked a lot together. And we talked about one night coming back, if we had just taken some notes. Yeah. Uh, every game we worked. We, just who we worked with, did something strange happen? If not. But we talked about it, but we never did it. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not sure. I mean, if you take a look back, you know, there was – there were some times I was working 90 basketball games a year, which was just crazy. Yeah, it's um, hard on the body. It's really hard on the body. Yeah. It, it really is, you know. And and, and, and if you're fl- flying and hitting places and and not getting any rest and having to go to the gym and having to, you know, I mean, yeah. well, you know, we got to perform just like they do. Yeah. But you know, with the beans above, oh, you got to be on the court 30 minutes before and going to, and they're warming up and you're standing and then they expect you to throw the ball up and, and run with them. Yeah, be ready to yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, we're for supervisors. Don't want to ever see you stretching on the court. Tell, oh, really? That's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I worked with uh, uh, Irv, Irv Brown was our super supervisor who was really the guy that yeah. really kind of made a living out of refereeing. And he'd tell you, I see you stretching on the court. I see you with your hands in your pocket. You'll be gone. No kidding. Yep. So you just had to be professional. And, yep. Yes, because that's what you want to be doing is stretching before well, you do yeah. it. Mean, <laughs> you know, I'm 35 years old, and you expect me to blow and go with when we throw yeah. the ball up with those guys who've been working yeah. out for half an hour. Yeah, and and they're college athletes. Yeah, cause yeah you did, exactly. Because you did what frontier in basketball and football. Yeah, I worked frontier in football and basketball. I worked the Big Sky and the Gnet in basketball, yeah. and so it was, yeah, so it's. Uh, uh, I always want uh, our supervisor in basketball one year, uh, uh, Art Mendini says, you know, uh, why don't you come out? And he said, I'll give you some games in football. Well, I had my youth camp going on right at the time of the clinic, so I really, that was a yeah. priority for mine. So I said, where are you going to put me if I come out? He said, well, I'll put you at Empire to start you with. I said, no. He said, what? <laughs> I said, no. Yeah. I said, I've never lost anything in there with those big guys. Yeah. And I said, what's going to happen? One of those big guys is going to roll up on me because I don't know where I'm at. And I'm going to blow a knee. And how many basketball games do you give me? Yeah. Well, 25 or 30. Yeah. Well, just run those dollars out if I miss that because I get two football games. Yeah. No. So I never went back. But yeah. it was it was, uh, uh, it was what I kind of wanted, but I just couldn't fit it. You know, this yeah. youth camp was really important to me, and I just couldn't fit it into the 
you know, the clinic and stuff like yeah. that. Congratulations to this week's Lescovar Honda Athletes of the Week, Calvin Cunningham and Maddie Steppen. Cunningham takes home the boys' honor after helping lead the Butte All-Stars to their fourth straight Montana Little League Junior Division title. The soon-to-be eighth grader at East Middle School singled in Tegan Duffy with the winning run as the Butte boys walked off with a 9-8 win over Laurel in the eighth inning Sunday at Three Legends Stadium. On Saturday night, Cunningham went 4-for-4 at the dish and picked up the win on the bump as Butte secured a berth in the title game with a 15-8 beating of Laurel. Cunningham and his teammates will represent the Mining City in the Western Region Junior Tournament August 2nd through 10th in Bend, Oregon. Steppen receives a girl's honor because of her hard work and demonstration of great leadership while playing for the 14U Mining City Magic softball program this summer. Her coaches say that she always played hard and aggressive as a catcher, throwing out several girls at second base this season. The soon-to-be sophomore at Butte High was also a leader at the plate with a batting average of 385. Congratulations, Calvin and Maddie, and thank you, Lescovar Honda, for supporting the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City. Hey, Butte America, Jeremiah Shields here at Lescovar Honda with some fantastic news. For the month of July, when you bring your vehicle in for a detail, we will give your vehicle a fresh coat of wax at no extra charge. That's a $50 savings, folks. Need a windshield or paintless dent repair? Take $50 off. Have a chip in the windshield? Just $20 a chip. At Lescovar Honda, we got you. Stop on down and see us. Lescovar Honda. Are you looking for a place to host a special event or a party? Or just looking for a drink served by the best mixologist in town? Look no further than 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino. Take a step back in time and enjoy some of our signature cocktails such as an Old Fashioned or a Pink Mate. Stop in for happy hour Monday through Thursday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. and 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Friday and Saturday for $2 cans of your favorite beer or two for five seltzers or well mixers. Or try one of our tap beers for just $5 along with weekly specialty cocktails. Located underneath the Miners Hotel, where Butte locals receive a 20% discount on rooms, 51 Below has live music every Friday night. So stop by 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino for a good time with good friends and great drinks. And don't forget to dial 5. Lockmer Plumbing is more than Butte's complete union plumbing shop. Whether it is sponsoring Little League Baseball, High School Athletics, Montana Tech, Youth Racing, 4-H, Mining City Christmas, Action Inc.'s Homeless Solution Program, Head Start, or Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Butte, Lockmer Plumbing is always looking out for the people of the Mining City. Owned and operated by Troy and Amy Lockmer since 2002, Lockmer Plumbing can handle all your residential, commercial, and industrial plumbing needs as well as making repairs and installations on all plumbing and boiler systems. In the heart of Uptown Butte, Lockmer Plumbing can also assist on new construction and planning for your new home or development. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerPlumbing.com today. Lockmer Plumbing has your pipes covered and so much more. This message is brought to you by Anno Designs in Anaconda. I know what you're all thinking. Foley, you twit. Why are you letting this Anaconda hack get connected with the Butte cast? Well, folks, money talks. Anno Designs is a printing and direct-to-garment shop in Anaconda. But that's not all we do. We actually specialize in embroidery and graphic design. We also dabble in sign creation and vinyl banners, also decals for your motor vehicles. Now, there are so many great options for screen printers out there. Take 5518, for example. You all know the work John and company do in Butte. And like me, they support local guys like this who started a podcast. Really original. But if your current printer is too busy to get your job done in a timely fashion, why not give us a try? 
For a limited time only, all new businesses who place an order with Anode Designs will get their screen, embroidery, and graphic design origination fees waived. Just call 406-563-0121 or email anodesignsllc at gmail.com and use the code FOLEYWHO during the consultation. Anode Designs is a proud supporter of the ButteCast and is pushing hard to get more Anaconda talent on the show. Don't just take it from me. Listen to the buttery smooth voice of a Butte legend tell you. There's two things we like about Butte. It's 24 miles away and Tom O'Neill. Welcome to Copperhead Country. But you, uh, you still do football. Yeah. And uh, I saw you a bunch this spring. You were all over the state doing baseball because there's not a lot of umpires for <laughs> yeah. high school baseball. I kind of got roped into that this year. Uh, you were in Helena, I saw you, oh, I think. Oh, God, I was in Helena. And... They, they assigned me a game in Belgrade. So I pulled into Belgrade, and there was two feet of snow. <laughs> so I called it the assigner, and I said, you know, there's two feet of snow here, and I just yeah. talked to you yesterday. Oh, yeah, probably. Well, tell the school that you're here so they can pay. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. And then, you know, you, you get selected for the state tournament, and he calls me. I said, geez, I didn't think I'd do that. Yeah. You, see, you know, that's, uh, these young guys. And they say, think about it. He said, look, it, you're going to go back to Butte. You get to see all your cronies. You'll be at Butte. You'll have some fun. Yeah. You go to the Peking. And, yeah, well, so I end up saying, yeah. And we yeah. did all those things. Got to see a whole bunch of guys. Yeah. You know, took everybody up to Peking. You know, just uh, had a really nice weekend. It was really fun. Yeah, it was a good – it was fun to be – be around that the first state tournament. Ever. Well, the other thing about it is, I, I thought that they, uh, I thought they did, they selected it well, because it's in a place that right now baseball is catching on. Yeah, Butte baseball is get, catching fire again, which I love to see. Yeah, uh, you know, and so uh, it's catching on. So the fans were there. The only thing, and it wasn't Butte's fault; it was the high school association's fault. Yeah, if Butte would have played that that game on at seven o'clock. The first night, that place would have been crazy. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they had a great crowd with it when they played at what? They played 9 at nine a.m. I think at nine in the morning. Yeah. Had a great crowd then. If they'd have played that game at seven o'clock. Yeah. And don't tell me they couldn't because they have lights there. Yeah, we could have played it all night long. Yeah. That's right. You know, I, I said that's the only mistake that I think that was made here is that they didn't yeah. do that. You know, broke the bank money wise because they'd have, they'd have supported it. They'd have been standing around the fences. Yeah, it would have been the biggest crowd. Yeah, yeah. And if yeah, if you would have been in that championship game, oh, yeah. it would have yeah. been it would have been huge. But it was a it was fun. I got to see a ton of people yeah. that I, you know, got to know before and after and it was yeah, I was yeah. glad I was glad I did it. It was yeah. Do you get back to Butte very often? You know, not anymore. You know, it used to be one of those things we back all the time when my mom and my dad was there and yeah. uh, my in laws were there and I had a sister there and you know, you know, I go to Butte now and I get to see Salo. Yeah. You know, Mike Coach Anderson. Salo, yeah. yeah, Mike Anderson, you know. And uh, I get get in to try and get to the end to play golf with, with those guys about uh, once a summer at least. And uh, But I've been on the shelf a little bit. I got this knee that's been going yeah. goofy on me. And, uh, I've only played four or five times yeah. this summer. It's been driving me nuts. Yeah. You going to be able to get through the football season with that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I, I went to, uh, um, you know, you know Robbie Amrine? He's a, he's my orthopod guy. Okay. He's uh, Robert Poor's grandson. Okay. He's my orthopod, and we met the other day, and he said, 
let's replace it. He said, it's, it's done. Oh, really? Yeah. So I said, all right. So we're Probably gonna, be good for the golf game, but not for the officiating yeah, game. We're going to do that in a couple, three weeks, I think. Oh, yeah. So you're going to so. be done with football altogether? <clears throat> see how I feel next year. Yeah. I'd like to get one more year in. Yeah. Now, Just, you haven't done the Frontier for a year, too, have you? No, I got out of the Frontier. Uh, got out of the Frontier for a lot of reasons. One of them is they, they're really putting our guys in jeopardy. Yeah. You know, and I was a referee, so I was in charge of the cruise travel and stuff like that. And they send you to Boise to work a game in Boise and expect right. you to come all the way back after the game. And I just said, no, we're not doing that. And so we got sideways with each other about money yeah. stuff and staying in. He got mad at me because I got uh, I got good rates places. Yeah. We, we First time we went down there, we'd get back. When, you know, and I had a great crew. I had a great crew. Yeah. And we had two guys from Billings and uh, three guys from here. And we're, we're at the hotel there at the end you of know, the park, and there was this little gal sitting there. And, we started talking with her, and we were buying drinks, and you know, big guys, and and uh, she said, "You guys tell me when you're coming through here." She said, "I'll get you as a deal." She was the manager of the hotel. Yeah, and so he was mad about that. How, how could you get that kind of a rate? Yeah. Well, that's your job. Yeah. You should be doing that, you know, because yeah. you got guys from there coming here. We're going there, you know. It's somebody's gonna get killed, you know. Yeah, uh, a lot of unnecessary traveling. Well, that's for you sure. Get travel and. You know, guys are tired, and yeah. it's yeah. It's so anyway. Uh, we want our separate ways with, with that whole thing. Yeah, and you you were at Frontier for a long time. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite stories is when at Tech, your your last game at Tech, they gave you a plaque basketball. Yeah, they're giving you a plaque for retiring from basketball officiating, and Coach Green. He said he was clapping louder, stand up, and clapping louder, everybody, you know, like, and then you pointed to him and said, I'm still doing football. Yeah, yeah. Get rid, you didn't get rid of me yet, yeah. Coach. Yeah. It's, I worked a game uh, for him at Tech, a football game with Tech when he beat Carroll at, the, when he beat Carroll. No, that was it's it the 03 game when they snapped the streak? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we were leaving, and, of course, the media had him, and, and uh, he said, <laughs> the guy said, are you nervous? He said, I was so ner nervous I couldn't have passed a grease baby. <laughs> While we were walking by, I started laughing. He said, how do you like that one, Glennie? <laughs> yeah, he, he must have been kind of fun to work a game when he was coaching. Oh, he was just, he was so intense. Uh, but he was, uh, he wasn't brutal. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, there was a lot of guys that were, you know, I got to work for a lot of guys that could be really brutal. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, he was, uh, I remember I got called by the supervisor one year I had I had Carol and somebody had Carol and the supervisor called me and he said, You know, putter's smoking on the sideline. I went, Well, yeah, what do you want me to do about putter. it? What do you want me to do about it? Well you gotta you, you gotta stop that. I said, You want me to go back in there where he goes amongst the players yeah. and used to do this number, you know. You want me to go back in there and tell Putter he can't smoke a cigarette? Yeah. <laughs> Probably gonna have to fire me, I'm not gonna go back there. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain, you can't tell Red Arback to put a cigar out in Boston. Exactly, you can't tell yeah. Putter to turn Putter, a cigar, yeah. cigarette you know, out. It wasn't like you stand out in the middle of the field. He'd go back amongst the players. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going back there. Yeah. You know, I got enough problems <laughs> yeah. out here. You got to worry about holding and clicking yeah. and everything yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. And he was another guy. That he, when he'd want something, he'd like, Glennie! Yeah. I think you missed that one. Yeah. yeah. As you probably get that a lot, Glennie. Oh, yeah. People yell, yeah. say that. I think even the. Uh, uh, Coach uh, Al Cutler said that. He was yelling at you one time. He was calling, Glenny, yeah. you can't call that. Big Al. Yeah. Boy, he was a beauty. I'll tell you what. You talk about you talk about good people. That yeah. Cutler family was good oh, people. I'll good tell you what. Come. I met the Cutlers when we were 12. 
and they were living in Twin Bridges. And somehow, some way they wanted to play play Little League game down there. And so my dad said, all right, I'll get some guys together. And so we go down there and we're doing something and somebody hits a ball and they're kind of in the right center and the ball rolled down and it went in these willow trees. Yeah. Well, we stopped at second base and the big owls all like, hey, when it's in the willows, it's all you can get. <laughs> and, and we laughed about that. <laughs> For years and still laughing about yeah. it. So, you know, it was, it was it, what a wonderful family. They were great. They're great folks. Man. Yeah, I loved going to Deer Lodge and covering his games for the paper when he was coach. Yeah. It was so much fun because most coaches, like when I'm on the sideline, I'd be keeping stats stuff. I would never, I'd never engage with the coach unless they asked me something. Sure, you know, because I know they're doing their yeah. business and stuff. He would always come up and talk to you. I mean, he was talking to you the whole game. He's he's as good a guy as yeah. you'd ever want to meet. <laughs> We had a, he catches a touchdown pass. We call, used to call it Sam Crease, and they faked Sam the receivers. Of course, everybody would run the receivers, yeah. and I was a tight end. He'd sneak down, threw this ball up, and, and for whatever reason, he started waving his arm like this. <laughs> and he cut the cut the pass for a touchdown. We used to call, call him Sam Crease. There you go. Yeah, that's okay, good folks, man. He was as yeah. good as it gets. That guy. Yeah, yeah. And I had uh, a few months ago. I had. Uh, couple months ago maybe I had uh, Jack Hogart on the podcast <laughs> and he was telling the story of the time when uh, some coach maybe might have been from Eastern up at Tech said he's going to meet you in the parking lot coach from Sonoma State is that what it was yeah so, uh, and uh, he says he's going to meet you in the parking lot and, and he says that you said something to him about having your back and you said Glenny there's no reason two of us to get killed <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right yeah, did you, you didn't have to meet the guy though I assume no he wasn't there it was a big black guy he says something about, you know, I'm, I'll find you. And I said, I'll be in a parking lot. Oh, you told him you'll be yeah, in the parking said, lot. I'll be in a parking lot. <laughs> Hoagie comes in and said, come on, Hoagie. He said, I'm a guy going in the parking lot. Yeah. He said, you're on your own, pal. <laughs> yeah, Hoagie. We had some fun, I'll tell you what. Yeah, he must have been fun to work with Jack because he's, oh. not, him and Mike, anything they say, and Billy too, they're, they're funny oh, as yeah. can be, just like their dad was. Really quick-witted. Yeah. Really quick. I was at a party. The referees. Wendy and Hoagie and all those guys would party at, at, at Hogart's place. And the guys were talking about the referee checks. Yeah. And you, know, you hide them out, you give them to your wife, what do you do with them? And so I said, well, I hide mine and I do this. And Hoagie said, I don't have to hide mine. I just tape mine to the broom handle. She'll never find it there. <laughs> <laughs> that was Bill? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah, he was. Funny guys, man. Quick-witted. Yeah. Yeah, those are yes, just great guys. But that's the thing. You take a look at this referee and stuff, and one of the things that worries me so much about getting away from it is, you know, our best friends and guys that we respect and, yeah. you know, are in that group. And you can't tell me when you get away from it that you can go back to it. I mean, it's, it's when you get away, you kind of get away. And, yeah. you know, people go their own ways. And so it's, yeah, it's kind of, and, kind of and, tough to leave. And those guys, you see those guys, they were all good friends, you know, um, it was just like our guys here, you know, we're all yeah. good friends. And, uh, but we're starting to, my guys are starting to go our own ways, you know. It's uh, getting out. It's uh, Rolo was keeping me keeping me sane when he was still working, but now yeah. he's gone. I said, Rolo, give me a break, man. I had, I had a shelter when you were here. But. Yeah. I think he misses it terribly, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a huge part of our lives. Yeah. It's a huge part of our lives. And it's, there's nothing more fun to go out and compete with those kids. And, you know, you get the best seat in the house. Yeah. Yeah, most, it is, of the, most of the time. Yeah, and, co and the coach can't take you out of the game. <laughs> yeah, you can't take me out. You can't put me on the end of the bench. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the best part about it. I love being part of the game. Oh yeah, out there, you know, even though you're not 
playing, yeah. you're still in the game. Well, and it's a, it's a whole different it's a whole different type of competition. Yeah, you know, it really is. I mean, yeah. we want to compete to do the best that we can for both of them. Yeah, and so that competition. You know, guys used to always say to me, "Geez, you get really intense when you come here." Well, I got a job to do. Yeah, and we got these guys over here that have been working their butts off, and these guys over here have been working their butts right. off, and for me to come in here and be flipping about it. Yeah, they deserve the best. They deserve this, yeah. as good as I can give them. They yeah. might not agree with me all the time, and, yeah. you know, but they, I deserve to give them the best I can give them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I can't imagine how many big games you work, state championships, conference, you know, you, you refereed. I, I watched uh, Mike Parent gave me a DVD, which I, I Rob Cox put it on. He gave it to me so I could put it on uh, YouTube of the 84 state championship basketball game. And at the end of it, they introduced the officials, and there you were. I don't yeah. think you worked the championship game, no, but, you were, finals, yeah. but you were. In the but you were working back, way back in '84. You were working the state championship. Two men games. Yeah. Well, I first started working college basketball for years. We worked two man. Yeah, a lot more running than two man. That's for sure. Well, you know, not on the running part, but with college basketball, you know, the, the physical. You know, yeah. Doug Hashley and those guys played for the Cats. You know, you couldn't take your eyes off a of hashy for a minute, or there was a crash or a bang, yeah. or a, you know, and then there's just too many of them just to watch Doug. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when I first started working in the big in the big sky, we, were, and then the big sky decided, oh yeah, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna work two man all non conference games, but then we'll work three man in the conference. Yeah. Well, nobody knew it. You know, <laughs> they just so then we're going, boy, is that my call? No, is that my call? Well, everybody's going the other way, but we're trying to figure out if it was in my area or not. You yeah. Know? So it's yeah. So yeah, I've seen some changes. It was you know, I got to see some. I worked for Finney and those guys when when Finney was at Montana State without a three point oh. line. There was a three point line when Finney was at. There had been some different. With the stories. Mick and Finney show is that yeah. what they call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three. I can't imagine what he would have done with three point line. Oh, well, he could shoot it. Yeah. He was fun to work for too because he was not a jerk. Just yeah. played, played hard. Just a good guy. Yeah. Good folks. Yeah. Now you're, of course, getting back to your dad. He he played in the first Shrine game. Forty-seven with, yeah. with Bob Schulte and, yep. and Tom LaProuse, a couple yeah. of Butte legends there, you know, with him, and he had a big game. But and then you were that you told me you were the first son we, to play on the team. Yeah, we your were father the first played. second generation. Yeah, which yeah. is pretty cool. It was really cool, you know, yeah. and it was a, it was a deal that, uh, and of course then the Schulte's come, and then there was a ton of the Schulte's. And there's a thousand know, of them. But they were, yeah. but they were, but they were, they were after us. Yeah. So we were the first. You were the uh, first two. Yeah. And so, and then we were the first two to, to uh, referee it. Yeah, which that would be pretty cool working the game with your dad. Yeah, yeah. So it was. How many was, times did you get to do that? Once. That's the only time. Yeah, yeah. Once. That. It was. Um, so that's one of the things that I want to do with. I worked to work some games with my son, some basketball with my son, which was really good. And I like to work. I worked uh, his first game, his, his first football game with him. I worked oh, did last you? year, and it was hilarious because he had his eyes were about this big. <laughs> you know, and he's been. Oh, he's been uptown. Yeah. He's been in some pressure situations, you know, so yeah. it's, it's not so, it was fun. And little things that we do all the time, we do this, you know, was he out of bounds or not? You know, I'm the referee and he's going, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just little things that you pick up and go as yeah. as, as you work. And Subtle communication so, yeah, points. There, yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's the only time I get to work with him. It was, uh, it was fun. So, but yeah, the Shrine game has always been pretty, yeah. pretty special to us. And we had a big cross in the roads when, well, my son got selected playing it too, and so it would have been the first third generation to play in it. And of course, he's right in the middle of his baseball deal, yeah. and he just went through all that. He right. was a good baseball player. Too. Yeah, he was a good player, and uh, so we just went through all that stuff. And so he's 
said, I said, Scott, listen, here's the deal. You're a baseball player. You signed to play to, to play game. We got through all that other stuff. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you're cool. But you have to talk to your grandfather and see how important it is to him. And if it's that important to him, then you're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. And my, just, my dad just said, hey, here's the deal. You know, you're right in the middle of your conference season here. You've got a big series coming up. Do what you're doing and don't get yourself picked doing that and uh, jeopardize the, the rest of that thing. So yeah. uh, so it took the heat off him a little bit. Yeah. So it must make you proud watching your son get and follow in the footsteps of you and your dad like that. It, yeah, it, it really was. It, you know, it, it, it's really hard being a parent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You, you look up and see guys making fools of themselves. Think, man, but it's really hard, you know, yeah. watching those things. And it was really fun for us to, to watch him through. You know, I buy a house in the middle of town here, the highest tax district in the in the city. Yeah. Because the grade school's across the street. Sentinel's three blocks down. <laughs> middle school's over here. They come out of middle school. They decide to go to Loyola. Yeah. I said, where did that come from? <laughs> we were never. Well, yeah. they did it and had, were successful. And, and to watch him play baseball and, 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 you know, he was really a good basketball player. Yeah. He could really play basketball. But he, but he decided to do this baseball thing, and it was good to him. It was really good to him. It was Really good for us too. We've got yeah. to see places that I never got to see. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Uh, well, it's my favorite sport. But. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, and you know, b before we close up, I, I remember not long before your dad passed away, there was the Frontier Conference tournament was at the Mac in Butte, and he was there to watch watching you watching the games, and you were working the tournament. Yeah, and I, I thought that was such a pretty good moment. I remember you introducing him to all the, your your yeah. official friends and stuff, and. And uh, seeing him there, and uh, I thought that was a pretty cool moment for yeah, for it was you. Really cool for both of us. Yeah, yeah, because he was he was great. He was my family's uh, insurance agent for years. Yeah, see, that was supposed to be my deal. Yeah, that was the plan. The plan was when he was going to retire that we'd move back to Butte because it'd be Bulldogs. Everybody'd be happy. Yeah. Well, I couldn't sell ice cubes in hell, so that's <laughs> so, so much for that. Yeah. You know, uh, he was disappointed in that that I didn't come home because that was a huge agency. Yeah, uh, he was a little disappointed that I didn't do that. But my kids were in sixth and seventh grade at the time. I'd had to pull them out of the, out of here, move to Butte, which would have been fine moving yeah. back to Butte. But you know, it would have been hard on them, I think. And I don't know. Yeah, I didn't do it. So yeah, would would have changed things quite a bit there. Yeah, yeah, would. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you you finished it out here, doing something that you love to do. Yeah, it was a, it was a good gig. It was a good run for me. So I was I was happy about it. Well, well, it's going to be weird uh, coming out and seeing a football game in, at uh, Missoula County Stadium there and, and not seeing you wearing the white cap. Well, um, yeah, it's going to be weird for me not to be there, too, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Because I think every time I've been down for a football game, you know, probably five, six times, I think you were the white cap really? in each game. Yeah. Um, you know. This is the last time I had the dogs. Uh, um, the little guy from Montana State was their quarterback. Tommy a lot. Yeah. You talk about a neat kid. Yeah. Did I ever in my wildest dreams think that he would have done what he's done down there? Yeah. No way. He was too skinny and he was yeah. too, you know, boy, oh, boy, is he a player. He's a good oh. player. Good kid. That was the game where yeah, Casey Kautzman hit the 33-yard field goal in the rain. The last yeah. That was your last time you had the Butte High game, huh? Yeah, yeah. I said to my guys when it came out, I said, it's raining. He's got some range. So spit your whistles out of your mouth now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that ball to go flying someplace or something crazy, and we have an inadvertent whistle. And yeah. <clears throat> but he knocked it right in there like he was supposed to. That was a great game too, and, and that's why I remember it being, being high being in third and ten, third and twelve, and Tommy Malott scrambling for the first down. 
you know, it was it was amazing. And that's what you talked to the Sentinel guys from that game. Well, and then you and go, you know, thing. and from my my perspective, you know, he's my guy. I got to protect yeah. him. You yeah. Know, so I start to come when when he starts to get him, and he pops out and comes right back at yeah. me. And so they're, they're, yeah, he was really fun to work for. Was, yeah, it's probably yeah you gotta you're gonna be on your toes when you got a guy like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, that's so mobile like that. Yeah, he was he was fun to work for. I'm really happy for him. Yeah. Do you Although, like do you like watching? Yeah, I mean, he plays for the Cats though, right? You wore a Grizz hat. Well, yeah, I'm wearing this hat. Am I happy that he's down there? No. Yeah. Am I happy that he's successful? Absolutely. Yeah. Any of our guys that go anywhere they go and they're successful, I'm happy about. Yeah. Um, you know, I just hope he's not wonderful November 16th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to be off one day? Yeah, right? I just, I just, just have to touch. You know, one, one uh, off day and then be on the, on the 16th. So yeah. Do you still associate yourself as being a Butte guy after all these years? Of oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's something we like, Butte guys, a lot of them, they wear on their chest, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, well, i tell you a little story before we leave. My, my dad was, my dad was in kidney failure and, uh, uh, we, you know, whenever they call you in the nephrologist's office and they let you sit in these big leather chairs, you know you got troubles. Yeah. And the guy says to my dad, he said, uh, "You're 12%." He said, "You got to do something." He said, "You know, there's four dialysis dialysis chairs in Butte, and they're full, so you have to wait till somebody dies and get on a list and whatever the case may be, or you can come down here. They've got an, an amphitheater down here. It literally, really? an it's three three big rows." Uh, off dialysis. Yeah, and it's twenty four seven, so you can pick and choose. And so he said, so you can move down here. I said, Dad, that's not a big deal. We can figure that out. And then he said, so you know, uh, so if I do this, he said, uh, I, I'll feel won't feel very good after the treatment, right? He said, yeah. He said, but then I'll start feeling feeling better. I'll have another treatment. So you're going to tell me I won't feel very good for the rest of my half of half of the rest of my life? Well, yeah, I want to look at it that way. <laughs> He looked at the guy and he said, here's the deal, pal. I'm 81 years old. He said, I got a nice family. I did the things I wanted to do. I'm a butte guy and I ain't leaving there. That's awesome. So the guy says, well, you know the ramifications? He said, I absolutely know the ramifications. Yeah. That was the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> butte guy to the end, huh? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So and I one mean, of the best. One of the best butte guys. Yeah, he was a good one. He was good. Yeah. He was good folks. Well, Glenn, I appreciate your time. I've kept you here an hour and 20 minutes. No so problem. It's nice talking it was, to you. It was, yeah. I've been looking forward to talking to you for quite yeah. some time. Yeah, and I'm glad that uh, we got to do this. It was it was nice. Well, I appreciate it. And good luck with uh, your knee surgery. If it's See what up. happens, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, got to go to work. You know, things bad about us. I yeah. put, on, put on about another 10 pounds. Jesus, yeah. you know, you, you sit and you're doing it. You know, I always, try and, I always try and get, before my guys play golf, I try and get out and walk. Walk some holes because they won't. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing you know, I do when we play golf, you got to play golf with Salo. Oh yeah. If ever you want to be have an experience, and ever you want to ride, ride somebody that's a backseat driver with your wife or whatever, <laughs> you, you invite your wife back. Yeah. Uh, pull up here, Bo. Go over there. Oh, you're too far away from the green. Get over here. Oh, oh He's the funniest guy I, ever. I hear he gives lots of putts though. That's why I like to play. Yeah. yeah. Pick it up. Yeah. Just pick it up. Then he says, "I, I had 79." Yeah, but you only putted seven times. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, he's he's the best, that guy. Yeah. Well, Glenn, again, thanks. I appreciate it so you much. You bet. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Good luck. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Proud to be from you, America, USA.